I didn't see, I asked one of the four legislators that uh, were coming down with me to one of them to do a somersault. Did anybody do that? No? Darn, darn it. Next year. Anyway, good evening, Wisconsinites. Anyway. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Vetrano. 612 on this Wednesday morning. Nikki Haley needs to stop texting me. (laughs) Are you getting a lot of texts? Do Do you know why? I do know why, because she was assigned to you. I had Mike Pence. You had Nikki Haley. How did you get off so easy? (laughs) So what we do uh, amongst our news staff here at WTMJ, and we did this at TMJ4 too, we have all these candidates in a race. You assign out, look, you have this person's campaign to follow. So Eric had former Vice President Pence and... Just sign up for all the email yeah, alerts and all the stuff. Make friends with their media people if you yeah. can. And, so yeah. that when it comes comes around to Wisconsin and they're coming here, we have these contacts. And I think yeah. it's a good strategy. Yeah. So I was assigned, among others, uh, former Ambassador Nikki Haley. So she keeps texting me. More on that in a moment. Um, had a nice showing in New Hampshire, but still fell double digits behind former President Trump. She is framing her performance as a success. Today we got close to half of the vote. <laughs> We still have a ways to go, but we keep moving up. So still not all precincts reporting this morning, but the tally as it stands, Trump getting nearly 55% of the vote to Haley's 43%. Trump didn't care much for her speech Tuesday night. She was up and I said, wow, she's doing uh, like a speech like she won. She didn't win. She lost. So back on the text issue. Again, I get the email newsletter and the text alerts. I'm getting two or three texts a day. No kidding. I don't know how that helps the camp. Like it. Even if you're like a casual, okay, I'd like to learn more about Ambassador Haley. I'll sign up for the thing. Is it, ask, is it like uh, for... They're always asking for money. Yep, yep, yep. Right, but that's, that's the game. That's the deal. Yep. Next up, Nevada has a caucus on February 8th with South Carolina that could determine whether Haley stays in the race. Not until February 24th. Back here in Wisconsin. At this time, I introduce to you the governor of the great state of Wisconsin, the Honorable Tony Evers. Governor Tony Evers delivering his annual State of the State address. A few attempts at humor, as always, from the governor. No, I didn't see. I asked one of the four legislators that uh, were coming down with me to one of them to do a somersault. Did anybody do that? No? Darn darn it. Next year. Anyway, good evening, Wisconsinites. Anyway. I don't know what that means. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Governor Evers touting the state's strong fiscal position, record budget surplus. Wisconsin, I begin the night with even better news. As we enter 2024, our state has never been in a better fiscal position than we are today. Better than last year, better than when I took office, and better than any year in Wisconsin, 176 years of statehood. Governor did spend a good chunk of time in the 40 minutes or so address talking about workforce challenges. Uh, Adam had that top of the hour news, uh, making various proposals on three fronts, what he calls a child care crisis, expanding paid family leave, and continued investment in public education. I've introduced a comprehensive workforce plan twice. Anyone on either side of the aisle has a better plan than mine that not only prevents the collapse of our state's child care industry, but also helps us complete compete against our neighboring states for talent and invest in public education at every level to prepare our kids 
for the future? Let's hear it. I will work with any legislator, any partner, any stakeholder who's willing to engage in meaningful conversations on these issues to do the right thing for Wisconsin. Oh, I, I have to admit, no mention of the roads at all. I Are mean, you disappointed? Yeah, a little bit. Oh. I like the road commentary. Yeah. Well, I got it for you. <laughs> so, you're darn right. We've been fixing the damn roads. <laughs> Tale as old as time. Yes. Kind of hear the like. Okay, I guess we clap for this. I don't know. Right. Yes, he's oh, I fixing. I swear he's trolling us when he says. I must listen to the show. <laughs> Somebody over there is. On to 2024 in Madison. Great Wisconsin tradition to close the address no matter who the governor is. Let's get back at it. Let's get to work. Thank you. And on Wisconsin, UW Marching Band, take it away. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. Big changes coming to the Milwaukee Bucks today after starting their season with a 30-13 record, good enough for second place in the Eastern Conference. The team has decided to dismiss head coach Adrian Griffin after just 43 games. This is an organization that took some risk hiring a young coach in the offseason. He was part of, of a pretty broad search. I think Adrian Griffin's going to be a good head coach in the NBA. I think they feel that in Milwaukee also, that he is going to be a good head coach. This is a unique situation where it is win now, give ourselves as the Bucks the best possible chance to compete with the elite of the league they didn't think they had that anymore with Adrian Griffin. And now they're going to go out in the marketplace, talk to some coaches. Again, I think Doc Rivers think that's a, going to be a, a point of focus for the Bucks now as they start this search, which may wrap up pretty quickly. ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski reacting to the news of firing Griffin yesterday. NBA analyst Kendrick Perkins also reacting to the news out of Milwaukee. He's echoing Wojnarowski's thoughts, saying the team can't hire an unproven head coach as the pressure to win in Milwaukee is now. You can't bring in an assistant. You can't bring in a guy that never coached in the NBA as a head coach. You cannot do that and expect for the Bucks to be successful. And being successful is them actually going to the NBA Finals and winning it all. According to Chris Haynes from TNT, the Bucks are working towards a deal with Doc Rivers that will make him the franchise's next head coach. Haynes saying... No deal is in place as of yet. The Bucks will be in action on the court tonight as they get set to host Cleveland. Tip-off set, tip-off time set for 7 p.m. From basketball to baseball, where the Brewers made some news over overnight as first baseman Reese Hoskins has reportedly agreed to a two-year, $34 million deal with an opt-out after the first year. Hoskins missed last season with a torn ACL. However, in 2022, he hit 30 home runs and batted in 79 runs. And lastly, over to College Hoops, where the 13th-ranked Wisconsin Badgers began their week with a thriller, beating the Minnesota Gophers 61-59 to on the road Tuesday to extend their record to 15-4 and on the season. Even though we, we won on Friday night, I wasn't real happy with our second half defensively. We just kind of – and tonight we buckled down and we got better, you know, when we needed to. That just shows me that, that we can. Now, as I've told them many times, you got to put it all together for 40 on both ends of the floor. Head coach Greg Gardner following his 100th Big Ten win of his career. Next up for Wisconsin, they return home to Madison to host Michigan State on Friday night.
Great time to be inside. Museum Days in Southeast Wisconsin runs through the weekend with free or reduced admission to attractions in Milwaukee and beyond. Debbie Lazica continues her series taking a look at a few of the locations participating in this year's event. On the Milwaukee School of Engineering's campus resides a special museum with a special theme. I sat down with director of the Groman Museum, James Kieselberg, to find out more. Well, the Groman Museum is among the most unique museums in Milwaukee. Um, we were established uh, actually based on a collection that was given to the Milwaukee School of Engineering by Eckhart Groman. Eckhart ran an aluminum foundry for some 40 years, and uh, over that time he amassed a collection of industrial art. And with a growing collection of over 400 pieces, ultimately decided that he would give the collection as a gift to the Milwaukee School of Engineering. And so in 2001, he made that gift with the idea that he would open a museum. Making this one of the newer museums in the area. One of the things that always has captivated artists over the centuries is work. How can they capture human endeavor, both in figure study and as an interest in the actual industry or the labor that the people are accomplishing, or uh, just as a curiosity. Now, a lot of other museums have some exhibits themed on industry and the worker, but this is a whole museum dedicated to that. We've done 50 feature exhibitions, all on the themes of labor industry as it's translated through art. As a matter of fact, their newest exhibit just opened up in time for museum days. We're opening a special new exhibition, and it's uh, Patterns of Meaning, and it's uh, an industrial art exhibition by Corey Bonnet, a Pittsburgh painter. Corey discovered a, a cache of, of wooden foundry patterns some years ago, and he set about creating new art based on these industrial artifacts from the late 1800s, early 1900s. And so what we have is a selection, assortment of paintings, sculptures, new works in glass and ceramic, uh, a lot of woodworking, all based on these historic foundry patterns, and it's a magnificent display. And it'll be running through April 27th. Plenty of time to check it out. And so the feature exhibition program, I think for any museum, is very important to just renew interest, to catch different niches in our community. It's just a way for us to keep the uh, exhibition program lively, always fresh and new, and uh, show a, a variety of art as it relates to human labor and achievement. Wondering how and when to check this place out? We're open seven days a week, nine to five during the week, noon to six on Saturday, and one to 4 p.m. a short day on Sunday. General admission is $5. It's $3 for students and seniors, and kids 12 and under are always free. The Groman Museum on the campus of MSOE. It's a whole new angle on work. Debbie Lazaga, WTMJ News. Again, museum days through the weekend, so check with your favorite museum or try one new to see what sort of admissions deals they are offering. So the big bombshell for the Milwaukee Bucks, but let's look forward. What do they do next? Brandon Snide has sports at 645. It's the irony of all ironies, really, if you think about it. The Academy Awards Oscar nominations are out. Barbie getting eight nominations, and I have to admit... When this movie was coming out, I was thinking Cocaine Bear. I thought it would be a mess of a movie. I, I thought it would be a, a, you know what, a, a silly movie, but turned out to be a pretty decent flick. It's up for best picture. I enjoyed it. My kids made me watch yeah. it, and I, I really liked it. Yeah. I laughed through the whole thing. Well done, well put together, well directed, you right. could argue. Well, one of the nominations, and the only one to go to uh, one of the main characters, a la Margot Robbie, who plays Barbie, was to Ken. That's right. Ken is up for uh, for best supporting actor. It's uh, of course uh, Ryan Gosling. So a movie that's critically acclaimed, culturally relevant, a feminist film about Barbie and patriarchy, and the Oscar nod goes to 
Ryan Gosling. The dude. <laughs> Not only that, this song is up for best song. <laughs> what does that tell you? So, uh, I should. Uh, Billie Eilish is also up for a uh, best song for Barbie, but they are up for best movie. In fact, uh, movie critic Leonard Maltin says it's really hard to pick all the best actors and whatnot. Listen, you've got 10 films as best picture. That means that better have pretty darn good performances in the leading roles. But with 10 films for best picture and only five films for best director, best actor, best supporting actor and actress, uh, not everybody's going to get in that, that, that list. Yeah. Margot Robbie actually a really phenomenal actress. She didn't really have much range in this movie per se, but she is a good actress. Uh, but the Greta Gerwig thing that for best director, I'm shocked that she wouldn't have been up for best director. Yeah, that uh, of any of them, that one surprises yeah. me more because your film's up for Best Picture, right? And so, and it's a it's a well crafted movie. Anyway, <laughs> in, in terms so. of the acting, like hard to judge who did a better. You know, like I didn't, I wasn't blown away by any of the acting, Gosling right. included. Me like neither. I yep. thought everybody Agreed. was they're fine. fine. Yeah. Right. So I, I can I can hear your argument one way or another on that, but right, I, I I'm with you on the Best Director. Hmm. Um, anyway. Oscars are March 10th, everybody. There is no Ken without Barbie. 6.39 on Wisconsin's Morning News. I just want to scream hello. Six forty-three, Wisconsin's Morning News this Wednesday morning. So, E, I didn't think to ask Peter Fagan when we had him in studio yesterday... BT Dubs, you gonna fire the coach today? Or? <laughs> When's that coming down? Yeah, where were we? I texted him after. I'm like, hey man, like, like, <laughs> how about at least a wing? I guess shame on me. I didn't ask. <laughs> we had Bucks President Peter Fagan in studio with us uh, yesterday. The interview was really about his lovely mother Barbara Fagan, who's written a book that I'll tell you about in a moment. But she did say it's wonderful to always visit Milwaukee and to be able to walk around Pfizer Forum, where her son is doing so well here. It's a real thrill. It really, really Does is. he introduce you around and stuff? Sure. Oh, good. Yep. That's a terrible question, Vince. <laughs> <laughs> right. what, 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 how can What's I not that? introduce my mom <laughs> like around? That's a terrible I bet, question. I bet people love to meet her, though. This is your mom. Oh, oh they your love mom. the mom. Right. Always. She was awesome, hey? Oh, she was super cool. I mean, she could have written three books based on just the story that she tells. Her book is called My American Dream, From, Fa- uh, from Fascism to Freedom. And it begins by detailing her family's escape from Nazi Germany back in 1940 when she was a toddler. This train left Berlin in July of 1940, went for 17 days. I mean, try to imagine going on a 17-day trip with a two-and-a-half-year-old. Right, And being scared the whole way. She said every time the train stopped, and she learned a lot of things from her father's journal, which she recently discovered, that detailed just how frightened the family was. Every time the train stopped, is somebody going to board this train and ask for papers or mm-hmm, ask us mm-hmm. where we're headed and it was all going to come to an end? Back to Germany they would go. And, you know, she makes the point about traveling 17 days in a train with a two-year-old. You couldn't spend 17 days at Disney World with your two-year-old right, right now. The happiest <laughs> right. place on earth. Yes, right? yes. <laughs> in meltdown. So she could have written a book just on that, but Mrs. Fagan would go on to become a successful advertising executive in the Mad Men era. That's right. So for a woman at that time to ascend in any profession, much less that, in New York City was really extraordinary. She tells a lot of good stories about that. Eric, you asked her the question. So have you seen Mad Men, and how accurate is that TV series? 
Yes, I've seen it, and yes, it's accurate. <laughs> All of that. She like yes. almost didn't expand on. She's like, "Yep, everything there." Yeah, that's. I wanted to ask her when she said she would talk to her bosses and whatnot. I'm like, oh, I, I wanted to ask. Like, so is there a bunch of booze there too? Are they all smoking? Was all that the, the booze tray or the right. booze cart always there in the middle of the day? Let's have a drink. Yeah. So I. I did think that was interesting. It was a sort of a window into how Fagan as president of the Bucks and Pfizer Forum operates. And we talked about how progressive they are in his hiring. Fagan says their front office for an NBA team is more than half women. I was raised by a woman who kind of did everything and, you know, was a great parent and was a great executive. And it, it made sense to have that kind of representation. So really interesting conversation with uh, Barbara Fagan and, of course, uh, with uh, Peter time chiming in as well. So that is available on our podcast page anytime you just text the word Vince to 855-616-1620. Vince, 855-616-1620. And I'll send you the link where you can find the page and listen to the whole interview and learn more about the book if you like. How can What's I that? not introduce my mom <laughs> like around? Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. The 30 and 13 Milwaukee Bucks have fired head coach Adrian Griffin after 43 games. The Bucks, currently sitting with the third best record in the NBA, will be will be on the search for a new voice. According to multiple reports, Doc Rivers and the Bucks are expected to reach a deal to make him the team's next head coach. The Milwaukee Brewers have signed first baseman Reese Hawkins to a two-year deal. Hoskins hit 30 home runs in 2022, but tore his ACL last spring and missed all of 2023. He is expected to be fully healthy this spring. And lastly, in college hoops, the 13th ranked Badgers beat Minnesota on Tuesday night by a final of 61 to 59 to win their 15th game of the season. And the 14th ranked Marquette Golden Eagles back in action tonight on the road in DePaul. Tip off time set for 8 p.m. It's time for Extra Points, a sports opinion commentary on Wisconsin's morning news. Here's Brendan Snide. Sometimes in life, the hardest decisions we have to make are the right ones. And for the Bucks, they proved that to be true on Tuesday with the firing of head coach Adrian Griffin. Over the summer, the Bucks made the decision to go with a rookie head coach to replace Mike Budenholzer. And man, did that ever backfire on them. It only took 43 games for general manager John Horst to realize the countless defensive mishaps, the clunky offense, and odd rotations were just not in the future for his team, and honestly, good for him and good for us fans. By all accounts, in my opinion, this was the right decision. I don't necessarily enjoy calling for folks to be let go from their professions, but when you're talking about sports, there's only so much room for error, and in this case, that small creaking sound you hear in the back is the Bucks' championship window beginning to close. This team doesn't have time to experience they don't have time to see who's going to be a good coach and who's not going to be a head coach, and they can't figure things out as they go. They have to win, and they have to win now. If you watched any of the Bucks games this season, you could likely sense that this is a team trying to fit a square peg in a round hole all season. It just didn't work. And credit to the organization for seeing that, swallowing their pride, and fixing it before it became too late. It likely wasn't an easy decision for horse and ownership to make, especially given Giannis helped handpick Griffin. But all that doesn't matter when things aren't going to plan in a win-now type of season. Kudos to the Bucks for not caring what people are going to write or say and doing what was right in order to bring championship number three to Milwaukee. At 6.54, Racine County Sheriff's Office touting a major drug bust. They worked with federal agents as well. They arrested four people, seized nearly $1,000 in cash, a gun with two 50-round mags, 
and a whole bunch of drugs. Dr. Ken Harris, our teammate from 1017 The Truth and former Milwaukee police lieutenant in the house this morning. The drugs, Ken, I got 146 grams of cocaine. I got 57 and a half grams of crack. I got some heroin, which tested positive for fentanyl. I got other pills. Like, like, is this a big bust? Like, it looks big, but I don't know. Like, is that a lot of coke? Not really, but the fact that he had it all together at one place, right? And so I guess since businesses can't find a lot of people to sell, usually you sell different drugs. Like you sell weed and you sell crack and you sell cocaine, but you got one guy selling all of them. I'm starting to think that, you know, maybe there's not a lot of people in the drug trade. Big box retailer. Yeah, right? just, you know, <laughs> just do everything in one place. What of the, of the things that I listed to you in uh-huh. there, does anything stand out? I mean, for me, the fentanyl, the stuff, the heroin laced with fentanyl, and that seems to be um, the hill that we are that we are fighting on right now. Yeah, I, I still argue and push back on that we have a fentanyl epidemic because we don't have a fentanyl epidemic. We have an illegal drug epidemic. The fact that we would, I don't know how to say this and not sound harsh. I don't understand how we'll cry that someone died of a fentanyl overdose when the actual drugs they were taking were the ones that was illegal and somebody spiked it with fentanyl. It's not the fentanyl's fault. It's your loved one's problem with drugs. Help them. But we won't do that. We just keep hollering about fentanyl. The fentanyl thing, so it gets spiked, why? Because it's cheaper to do that? No, because I get high. And then I keep getting high and my body gets used to it. So I need a little bit of a spike, right? So I put a little uh, bit of fentanyl. And now, you know, I don't want to go to Eric because, you know, Vince's stuff I hear is much hotter than yours. So I'm going to go to Vince. Eh, his isn't really good. I'm going to go back to Eric. And you keep spiking it and spiking it. It goes higher and higher and higher until it becomes. And then you die. Well, so I guess my that's my point, though, is as a. I often think of the uh, the the drug seller, right. the dealer who has to make sure they don't kill their customers. Right? I don't think like, they care. They don't want to that repeat I, I customer. Don't, I don't think they care. Hmm. I, honestly, you to have to remove your humanity to give somebody something that you I, yeah, actually okay. know will kill them. It it's it, it's unconscionable, and I think drug dealers should get more time than people who commit homicide. Because you're literally destroying lines and lines and generations and generations of families. Hey, let me ask you this, because we all watch the you know cop shows and all that, and there are always these battles <laughs> over jurisdiction and who's in charge of this and who's in charge. When you get one right. of these where you got U.S. Marshal's office was involved, FBI is involved, uh-huh. and then you got the Racine County Sheriff's uh-huh. office, like... Is, do guys fight with each other over who's who's in charge of this and who's in charge of that? No, we put together the task force, and it's been going on for at least 40 years. But I like the TV shows. But the, really we, of- we love the TV shows. It creates drama <laughs> right. and all this. But literally, you can actually say it. Some of my best friends are federal officers from DEA to U.S. Marshals to Corrections to Border Patrol. Everybody works together. We've got a, we've got a fusion center. <laughs> That does just that. So if Tommy Lee Jones walks on the scene, all right, who's in charge here? I'm in charge here. I'll say, beat it. You're not a real cop. Go away. <laughs> right. And that share, what did he say? Uh, we're going to shut it down. And Wyatt Earp here is going to take care of the right. rest. Right? That's very funny, he said. <laughs> well, for, for the benefit of all of us, I'm glad it doesn't work that way. And I'm glad he's in jail. <laughs> Dr. Ken Harris, our teammate from 1017 The Truth, host of the afternoon show. Thanks, man. Later.